Your show's rubbish. Hello, and welcome to Recently Changed His Name to Dragon. Just another alternative title that we could have gone with as we're finding yeah. the D Trout Spinners podcast. It's a little bit, it's not the most searchable well, term on the Google, is it? No, we've got a bit, got a bit of competition now as well, so apparently. We do so. have a bit of competition, but let's not, let's not um, plug it. No, it's friendly. All friendly, friendly. Um, we're not bitter. No, it's, it is the D-Trout Spinners, as you say, and it's been a long, long time since we've done a proper show. And in fact, with the last one we did, it would have been a long time before the last one previously. We've done some interviews. We've done three interviews in the last month or two, and um, we, we enjoyed them, didn't we, Mars? Can I be honest with you? I am a little bit interviewed out, though. I've got no more yeah, questions I... to ask. You arranged them all. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I know what you mean. But today, a normal show, we're back to reviewing, I think it's episode number 46. It's, you will know it. Um, it's quite well known. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So, And that's that. But how are you doing, Miles, this week? I'm good. You know, how's, how's things? Bit of politics. You want to tell me any political views? I haven't got any political people, views, people mate. I love I'm... that. <laughs> I'm neutral. I'm neutral about all parties. Love them all the same. I hate people. Uh, I hate people who say that. I know you're no, joking. I, I know I'm joking. I've had a KFC twice this week, Have and you? I feel it, I feel incredibly guilty about it. It's because I've been going to the pub now more than I've done, obviously, because no one's been able to. He but went, yes, I went. I rang him on Tuesday. I said, "Are you free?" You know, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll go for a walk." You know, said in an hour. He went for a walk. I sort of heard him. He said, "Oh, hang on a sec." When we we're on the phone, hang on a sec. Oh yeah, could I have a table for one, please? And he was he, he'd walk to the pub, but it wasn't a walk. It was a walk to the pub, and he sat in the pub for two hours. Whilst we talked. It still counts. It still counts. Um. So anyway, yesterday order the KFC. The KFC came, and there were no chips. And so oh. I got in touch with Uber and I said, yo, missing chips, <laughs> free chips. Free, and, uh, free chips. And this morning, I'm pleased to say, Gary, this is this is the response, the email I got from, from Uber. Hi, Miles. We're sorry to hear that you're missing items from your order. We understand that this must have been frustrating. We've gone ahead and refunded you £2.93 for the missing items. <laughs> this refunded amount should reflect in your account within the next few business uh, days. So... Free, free chips. Let me tell you, uh, well done for that. And uh, <laughs> I've actually got refunded from a McDonald's order when they didn't include the uh, sour cream and chive dip. I, I complained and they refunded me 20p. 20 pence. 20 pence. <laughs> Everything relates to the show. Everything goes back free to the chips, show. 20 pence. Yes, well, I'm glad you had uh, some, what did you get, a tower burger? I got, it got like a like a meal okay. for one with a different, yeah, different variety lives, of... Even though you've got a girlfriend, you've got a meal for one. <laughs> no, we shared the meal for one, so it felt less guilty, you know, as is the case. Anyway, so, yeah, you just do feel a bit victorious, but then yeah, you'd rather a bit of a waste chips. of space. Yeah, well, you, you, can, got no, you, you can use that. You can put that in your um, your mortgage Stand fund, that £2.94. <laughs> anyway, um, no, so, yeah, it's, it's been a good week, but I'm excited about doing this show because we've trailed it for quite a while and there was a bit of a build-up beforehand. So let's let's get on with it, shall we? I, I, I was quite... Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too, but... I've got something coming up later that's quite ambitious. Um, and uh, on that note, we've got, we're just coming up, we'll have a general discussion um, about specific points, our general views on the show. Then we'd have our favourite quotes. 
And what we're not going to do on this show is have XFM in the community because there's quite a lot of it. We haven't done it for a while, so we're going to kind of do that separately. Um, XFM in the community won't be part of this show, but it will be part of another show that's kind of joined onto it. What we will be doing this this show is the the D Chart Spinners uh, Library, where we both select a song into our Spotify playlist. So I hope you've got a song ready, Gary. Find the most, what's, what's the most generic Beatles song there is? <laughs> you've done two Beatles songs. I'm saying you're not allowed know. to put a Beatles song in there. On that note, life. though, I do have to say who was a big fan of the Beatles was Matt Everett. And I'm a, bit, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised we haven't heard any feedback from that interview because it was an absolutely fascinating sit down with him. Really interesting bloke, like done so many mm. things in his career. So do I do uh, forward just yeah, you have a look at that? episode because it was a good one but today this week check out Carly we... Pilt Boys afterwards and uh no <laughs> okay so this week we discuss episode 46 12th of July 2003 Ricky and Steve pre-record a spot lampooning the radio authority but the managing director of XFM bins that Carl has to go along with the decision even with the swearing bleeped out Carl getting ready to go on holiday again no more cheeky freak of the week and monkey news monkey prison in India the boys have stories of winding the teachers up in school I put a link to the original show in the description and you can listen to that and when you're ready come back here for your little debrief hello 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 okay Um, so this is (laughs) (laughs) so this is the episode gary and tell me why is this such a big episode for you and for many other people for me it's a good i think it's an independently just a funny episode apart from anything else but it's it's well known i think in the community because it's such a it's like the the build-up for the last few shows especially the previous one has like led to breaking point and the tension between ricky and carl goes over from just being funny to being like incredibly like real it's always real but it's intense and it's real and it lasts a whole show and you can feel the effects it has on Carl and quite a few listeners have messaged us saying like when we were way back before we'd even got anywhere near this episode saying I'm looking forward to you doing this episode and also I can't listen to this episode someone said you know I just can't listen to it and it is uncomfortable to listen to but with that uncomfortableness actually comes that sort of extra added edge which the show doesn't need, but it got in this particular one. It's got an added edge. It makes it, the tension is, is it makes it a better show to listen to. I actually really enjoy listening to it, but it is uncomfortable. And do you know what I mean? When you watch a film, sometimes the director wants to make you uncomfortable. You'll know about mm. films like that more. They don't want you to just have a nice, easy ride. Now, this wasn't like a planned thing, like it was directed, but it feels uncomfortable. And from that, actually, I, I really enjoy listening to it. And it's, it comes in to a perfect note. It's almost <laughs> like it's pre-planned, but it's not. The last note of Jane's Addiction, just because... Mm. it's that, that sort of flat note it really sets the yeah. tone for what's about to come and um i i enjoy the episode I, I actually think my thoughts on it are that a lot of people say oh ricky's such a dick in this episode i actually don't think so ricky's really difficult to deal with and in yes he's been a bit of a dick or quite a lot of a dick to carl and obviously has been the days before when they found out they couldn't do their little sketch but he actually 
is funny the whole time. Like he's always funny with it in this show. Mm. There's other examples in other shows where I would say I really disagree and dislike what Rick is doing. But in this show, I he gets away with it because he's funny throughout. Like every time he winds Carl up, it's it's funny and his laughter's Carl, funny. And he's Carl, Carl, Carl. Carl. Carl and it, I, it. Can you imagine being Carl? It'll get just... the producer in that show. Like it, it, he, I do feel sorry for Carl. But as I say, and it's overall, it's got, must be the most difficult show for Carl to have done. But I actually don't think like, oh, I hate Ricky Phil or how he treated Carl in this show. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think I can see the 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 bad points and uh, what what Ricky is not acting in a good way. But at least, unlike other times when he's been dick, he is funny with it. I will, oh, I will second yeah. that because this side of Ricky is the more mischievous, the more chaotic one, as opposed... There's nothing that I would consider nasty about how he behaves in this episode at all. I think it's just... It is just like three sick form students like messing around. One being bullied. But I do think, though, I reckon that Ricky was the genuine Dick Kyle off air before the show. In the oh, game yeah. Before the show. Before the, I reckon he really was showed the nasty side. But on air, uh, it, he was it, like, and it's not good. It's not good. He was be, he was being a dick. And, it, you know, Ricky's always got that mischievous side. He's always comes out during the shows. It's just this show is dominated by it. And Carl, to, to build up to, well, you do, and everyone knows yeah. that. Like to build up to that, to one of my favorite lines ever, and we'll favorite quotes coming later. But um, you know, it, it just—it's so real from Carl. It's like you're really genuinely a fly on the wall, just in a sort of in an argument, in a like a long mm. argument. But uh, Ricky is funny with it throughout, and I, I, I kind of don't think it's his worst crimes they come in other shows so it's it's for me it's, it's an enjoyable one but it is uncomfortable absolutely now let's just set shall we just set this in context so the show comes in and ricky is used to getting his own way isn't he and he's always been like that i mean even think about how he yeah. operated you know commission in the office it was always on his terms so when you yeah. tell like steve constantly says isn't it red bull to a flag ricky wants to yeah. do this feature about them swearing and I, can I just say, I wouldn't have wanted to listen to that feature. I don't think it's a good feature. I don't I don't even understand it. He said, oh, he's saying so the vowels offensive. He did, people will be familiar with this. If you go back to series zero, they do a funnier sketch where, which involves swearing, where um, <laughs> they're talking and the bleeps are edited in when every time that Ricky is talking, so he'll go, I just can't believe that. And then when Steve has to swear, it doesn't, it doesn't bleep for him. And it's a much funnier, a much more entertaining sketch. Whereas I'm so with Carl on this. I wouldn't, yeah. I, it's not, I don't believe it would be funny, but um, it's just funny like, that he he can't do what, what he wants straight away. And then he comes in, he does the worst, like the, the worst, best intro. Cause he goes, right, everybody up that's given a great show. It's given an hour of fun chat. Let's keep it cutting edge. That's what the listeners of the, oh, oh no, no they wouldn't. No, it's yeah, not. No, no, no. It's it's good. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Ricky does always get his own way with good consequences with the office. It was good that he got his own way because it Definitely, would have been different yeah. in casting, cast would have been different in the editing, everything, you know, and he 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 deserved his own way with that. But yeah, he's not and he wins most awards that he goes for. That's why he went on, he was so kind of I think he genuinely was pissed off not to get 
any award in the Sonys, but that made for a good show too. But yeah, he doesn't get his own way and it's Andrew Phillips's decision, really. I don't know whether it would have been funny or not, that sketch, but I'd like to have heard it now because it's so legendary, the fact that we didn't hear it, like the fact that made this great show. I would have um, liked but- to have listened to that that defence of the sketch from Ricky, that, that internal discussion that they had of Andrew Phillips who says, oh, what, what was that? Andrew Phillips walked by and said, oh, you can't, can't go out like that. I wanted to yeah. hear that chat more than anything. <laughs> Incidentally, if you want to hear from Andrew Phillips recently, go check out our Andrew Phillips show. We interviewed him a few months ago. I reckon another podcast will probably chat to Andrew Phillips about that. Another newer yeah. podcast that is, yeah, that is kind better. of related to the XFM shows and might be a bit better produced, but who knows? I don't know. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> do you know what I do like about this show, though? After that discussion, and it's still quite early on, I think so many of the seeds for this episode are laid early on. But the little provocations that Ricky does just after Steve's saying, and Steve says, because what's that point? He says, oh, um." Because you were saying that, um, why would people find swearing offensive? And then Ricky literally backs him up straight away. And he says, because you were saying you don't have people with a problem with people yeah, swearing. Yeah, yeah. And Carl says, yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I know. And it's just Ricky, again, just being that little stirrer. He know that that's the perfect thing to say if you're trying to wind someone up. Yeah, and Steve yeah. didn't quite do it the first time, but Ricky did the, the second. Yeah, well, he thinks he's winding him up, but he's kind of hasn't really got Carl on that point because Carl acknowledges it and things. But I, I put down mainly that like, Ricky, Ricky is like a spoiled child in this episode, but he's like a very funny spoiled child, yeah. a, very, a very comedic one. So he's winding up of Carl and, and rather than happening, you know, on certain bits, one or two part times in a show, but especially for the first half of the show happens every single link. Every single mm. link he does, he winds him up in a different way. <laughs> like the ways you were saying. Long links. Oh, Carl, Carl, Carl. Long, li- long links. One of my favourites. One of my favourites. It's just the timing of that's brilliant because Steve's like, no, 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 do it now, Carl. And then there's a bit of a pause. And <laughs> yeah. Carl, Carl was just about to have been like, oh, okay, well, I will do it. And, and then like, long links. Oh. Just that pause before a long... And it's just, but he, that's later. Literally every link they have in this show, Ricky <laughs> is doing something different and something funny. So I'll give him that to wind Carl up, but it is still uncomfortable. Well, I like the person, the, the listener that comes to Carl's defence and you think it's it's one of those emails. It's quite amusing. And he says, I, I think Carl has taken his job for granted. My qualifications are da-da-da. Can I come in to produce? Dan, Dan, you know my address. Get in yeah. touch. He says, I'm not, then, being then, right. so ready, I'm not being Ray. Right. I'm not being Ray. Yeah. Dan, you know my email address. Email then you'll be here next week. And uh, so you think the listener's on the side, but then he goes, <laughs> he does the bone idol. <laughs> a bit yeah. after that, and Carl just, all he says is, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant yeah. <laughs> and this has got some of my favourite Ricky laughs. There's the laugh after brilliant. There's the there's the laugh after long links where it's like, <laughs> it's a proper yeah. like, th- like throaty, yeah, yeah. muttly. It's, the, it's, it's the, the real kind of laughs that you don't hear from Ricky anymore. His laughs seem like, yeah. He's known for laughing. Now he seems, when he laughs now these days in interviews, I think that seems, or the outtakes for uh, Afterlife, it seems like a bit false, but they were so yeah. real. And the te- the tension was so real too. Yeah. It's so, it's so, I think that's why it's so legendary because you genuinely are hearing 
like anger and, and resentment between three people. When what other radio show gives that? I mean, Ricky Gervais show often gives it in bits, you know. But this this show, the whole show, genuine antagonism, and you're here, you're like a real fly on the wall. It's like even if it wasn't a funny show, it would still be interesting to people. If it, even if it was like a, a kind of news show, but they were that annoyed at each other, it would still be quite legendary, like to stay and well listened to because you just want to hear. That. It's just like it's a shard of point. What other radio show would you have a presenter basically quit on air? So because I can listen, I tell you what, if Andrew is listening, okay, yeah. is he basically he basically hands in his resignation letter like live on air? You would not get that now. I mean, forget like you know you can sort of take liberties with podcasts and it'd be silly, but not on bloody mainstream radio. It just doesn't exist. And yeah, because no matter if it said that as well, didn't he last week? He said you know it was a very rebellious kind of station at the best yeah. of times and this this show kind of epitomizes epitomizes that doesn't it the ricky gervais show in general epitomizes that but this show in particular of the ricky gervais show epitomizes that aspect of the station and uh it's so real like i mean ricky is being funny with it but the genuine tension and well, yeah you said when do you get a presenter quit live on air well i don't think that's the only time carl's quit or live on air actually ricky and steve have also quit on air on different shows they kind of uh you know where where else do you get a show where their no, hosts no, are that... desperate to put out a, a skit on swearing, like yeah. and just say with the F and the C word, and and do it against the radio authority. Yeah. You know, like when she, what other show? Even I mean, today you wouldn't get that, but even back then, it's not like back then you'd. It's easy to get away with that stuff, but they just did get away with it. Um, in a way that I kind of I'm jealous of because I wish not only to be working in radio but to have a show and a station like that that yeah. I was working for. but the, I think there are a lot more um there are a lot more um it's a bit of a different matter but there are quite opinionated shows out there though have you ever listened to like James O'Brien have you ever watched Good Morning Britain yeah, like, they yeah. are so they can be very vicious very outspoken very kind of Fox News presenter like but there's, I, a, there's I, a difference uh, there is a culture of in this country of like um, Fox Newsification of our TV because we've always had right wing tabloids but we're getting more right wing stations and you know I would just say this that it's not about what makes this show so good isn't the antagonism and the tension it's the realness of it so there are shows like that they're all they seem manufactured the debates major they are real they're real debates but they're like news shows and it's kind of a pre-specific debate that they're going to have. They're going to disagree on it. Piers Morgan's going to be a twat. Some on some issues, he's, he's going to be all right. You know, they're designed those shows. And Andrew Neil used to be like that. In a, it was good. He's good interview Andrew Neil. But there was always kind of antagonism. So it's not like unique to have antagonism and kind of that kind of aggression on. British media but it is for an entertainment just a light-hearted entertainment <laughs> show and even where you do get the tension and antagonism on shows that are newsworthy like that although the debate might be a real one a genuine one that is happening between two people it is to some extent manufactured by a producer and a director who yeah. will have pre-decided the topics for discussion that the presenters are going to present with this is this is real this show this show that we're reviewing and it's, it's so and it is unplanned. 
so completely unplanned as well. And it's like, yeah, it's like you said, it's like a, a free six formers arguing. I wouldn't say that. Maybe it is whatever it is. It's like just free people who aren't anything to do with radio. Like none of them, none of them on this show show any professionalism required to work in radio. But I find it weird that Carl would say that Carl would quit what I see as the opportunity of a lifetime. And it just shows that there was no egos for him. Ricky's got an ego, but he's not, not in terms of his career at that point. But Carl definitely like, he doesn't care. He'll give up this job because he fucking hates working with those two. Yeah. And that is so refreshing. There is a part of the show that I can't listen to. We've talked in the past, you know, about things that either make you sad or things that make you annoyed. And you kind of have to skip through them because you have to, because mm. no matter how many times you've listened to them, they still don't lose that emotional weight and heft and punch and and uh, for me this episode is the school stories now there are a few reasons why i can't listen to the school stories segment it's the uh, it's when ricky he you can hear him like so ricky when he's about to do his like explosion about about you know slagging off the teacher and it is mean i mean it's definitely horrible but you know we've all probably done that to teachers i remember one time this is horrible and um we had a supply teacher and she looked like a tree and and she kept saying lots of arms i think she said that she either had like a wooden leg or a steel leg or a steel hip or something hang on she looked like a tree and she had a wooden or steel leg or hip. What are you talking about? I don't, what are you talking about? I don't know. She looked like a tree. She was very a lot of wrinkles that of um you know experience lines and everyone called her old oak and I just felt right. I had to leave. Luckily a teacher came and said oh I need some help with some files or whatever and I was like oh can I help because I can't be around this nastiness anymore. But she was just struggling to keep everyone under control. There's nothing sadder than a supplementary teacher because I've done that job. I have been a, yes. I have studied as, as as you'll know from previous episodes, but it is fucking hard. And if anyone is in the teaching profession, good on you because I couldn't do it. And my small experience, oh, oh my word! No, I've had, it was I've like, got I, I think teaching is one of those things though because. I only got into it because it was like a stable job and there was always going to be a need for a teacher. But people forget that British students, particularly in like a comprehensive state school, they're not the most obedient, like willing to learn. I I couldn't even tell them off because I was just so... But they're quite sympathetic, so I felt bad every time I told them off. So It's brave of you to do that. But I've got a similar story of like we had a supply teacher and she was in RE religious education the worst and uh, subject because no one gives a shit no about one religion. no one cared about it like and there's things like it just built up and it would all kind of um just talk as soon as her back was turned and even with just people just openly talking what she was trying to talk and then what what she'd do she she'd have her back turned to the class and be writing on the board and someone got out a tennis racket and tennis ball and threw the ball up and hit okay. it at the, not at her but like at the at the board so it just got like so just, oh. just shock her and so right next to her and i feel ashamed about this part right but everyone knew and i i this wasn't it wasn't that expensive like so it wasn't like flashy honestly but I got basically I got this watch for Christmas on my birthday and it could control TV channels if you if you switch it to things and so you press a button and it would control TV channels this was was back in like 1990 so it wasn't posh at all like it sounds extravagant but it was like it's much cheaper than you think like and we're watching she put a film on one day and they're like 
right you've got to do that. and i basically i was i was convinced in doing it i just kept changing the channel and she kept getting up and like <laughs> i don't know what's going on here i don't know and then and she she went mad and there was a lots of other incidents basically over the course of a couple of weeks it was so bad that our head of year who did have our like we'd never mess with him he came into a maths class that we we're in a separate class like the week later and said right because it's welsh and i can't remember her name he said you've all been you, what you've done to Miss Thing, she has now gone off work. She can't teach anymore. She's stressed. She she's having a breakdown basically. So we all had to sit there after the maths class within in our lunch hour. Didn't get a lunch hour, and everyone, whether they were involved or not, and I wasn't really involved in anything mean, but I did do the the change in the channel thing, and we all had to write her an, a letter of apology. Oh. We all had to write her, and people just really didn't care. They just gave it the, <laughs> like the least attention possible, and they probably would make her feel worse. I don't know, but they were they were apparently sent on to her. We never saw her again. And it's that thing that Ricky says about, like, or Steve says, like, you know, the, you draw a teacher whose cat was run over and they just drew a picture of a dead cat on the board and he ran out crying and you've lost him forever then. And it is that thing. It, this We had yeah. this teacher about two or three times, but literally... She was lost forever after the first minute, and she couldn't control us. And it wasn't it wasn't a terrible like state. School. It was a state school. It wasn't like the worst state school. It wasn't the best. It was just in between. But we were. It just became a group thing. Whereas usually there was a couple of students in some classes that misbehaved. But as a group, you kind of suddenly all start to just have no respect for this teacher. And yeah. even the ones who don't like to, who are nice like you, like or me, I'd like to. We get sucked in to kind of mm. going along with it and uh, it is terrible procedures and but I'm surprised you say that that means you can't listen to the teacher bit because I, I find that a very funny bit it's not it's it's not that it's just um I don't know why I'm probably a bit too sensitive but even before then I think it's just because it's quite it sounds it's very loud he, he basically shouts and that mm, mm. yeah that I know. It, I do feel so sorry. But it's true. I think kids are so intelligent, aren't they? They've just got such they're, that they're, sort of hack mentality, and they can spot a victim straight away and spot, spot, spot that vulnerability, particularly in teaching. And uh, I feel like I probably could return to the profession now and be a bit more, have a bit more fight in yeah, me. You're a bit older because it's that, there was always that phrase that they always said like don't let them see you smile until after Christmas. Yeah, because that's like the first term you start, you know, in that time. Don't I let taught them six see you smile until after Christmas. Yeah. It sounds because... like a song by Slade or something or George Michael or something. <laughs> no, it's because you you're meant to put on that facade that sort of serious uh, professional. The the place where I was where I taught was weird though. We like smoked outside with the students. It was so dysfunctional. Yeah, I don't it, think you'd have that today. This was no, going back five, six not. years. Like, it was just so bizarre. I liked, um, my favourite style of teaching was university when you just had a lecturer who's just wheeling off notes and you just make notes. I love that. Yeah, I'd like, well, that's what I want. I do, I would like to do lecturing and teaching because I... I You've got good practice on this podcast, you know. Of, of lecturing. Of, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, they'll be going to the Australians in their droves. But uh, no, I always wanted to be a teacher and I've done teaching in primary school, teaching assistant. And uh, yeah, even that's a challenge. I've done it in a... I bet those children have got the darkness of death fed into them. I bet you dragged them to the side and go, yeah, what happened was this, you get a job, right? 
And you do that. You know, after years. after the age of eight, it's all downhill. And then yeah, and then your parents become lesbians, and then you're you have to work in a bank for years, and then trust that'll me, really I was, get you down. I and that will wanna... really get you down. And then you have to cash in some shares, and then when you've got those shares, you can put down the deposit in the house. But then the deposit will be too much money, so you'll end up having to live in a really expensive house in Brighton that you can't afford. And then once you've done all that and you've worked out everything you don't want to do, then you go back to uni because you didn't finish it the first time, and then uh, you well, know, just this... alone. See you later. Mars is, the, Mars is the ghost author to my bio, autobiography. That's why. But no, uh, I don't want to sound. None of these children will ever work in a bank that I took, that, or, or will ever, will ever uh, have a mortgage. I don't have mortgage either, by the way. Like I'm not saying I'm not putting them down, but they had not for their own fault, but they just didn't have a chance in life because of their their disadvantage. They they were all kind of honestly. Some of the parents kept course. No, I was very good. The parents when they came to pick them up, they were younger than me and at that time i was 22 21 and they were younger they were younger and these were parents of five six years and that was the last time i did it i did it also in my sixth form days as well and i always liked the idea of teaching i loved it but it's incredibly hard that's just primary school but i think university teaching might be a bit bit easier because they they kind of it's not that they necessarily want to be there because some just go for the sake of it but they are kind of more engaged with you and they're more mature they're not as you know they're not as immature so but anyway that's a discussion anyway let's let's if return any thoughts to about teaching let us know and uh or anything uh, around that subject <laughs> <laughs> coming up we've got our favorite quotes and as i say this is going to be a slightly shorter show but we will do xfm in the community in a separate edition do you have any other um features any other points of reference about what happens in this episode um pretenders and <laughs> that's i love it when he comes out that that's a, that's a point of reference i think like i'd love to have heard that bit because they like steve is a genuinely laugh Steve doesn't laugh very often when they come back like how much they must have been arguing before yeah and and like ricky comes back and just as a smooth radio voice which he doesn't usually have anyway that i because you you want to hear that's why we love the show because it's tense and it's real but whatever that argument was if that that was like off the scale compared with even what it's been like on the show because otherwise steve wouldn't laugh like that and yeah. say like how bad it was so well, i was I'd i just keep thinking that. about well, what that anxiety must have been like to know that i've got to go in and produce ricky gervais and Stephen merchant i'm trying to equate it to something in my life and all i can think of is going to the doctors or you know going to the dentist and being the being in a waiting room knowing that there's going to be a drill in my mouth in about half an hour and that must have been how he felt. Imagine because you always have those things on a day and you, he's right. You know, it's one of those jobs where you do kind of have to be happy. You do have to sh- present a certain part of yourself. And then all the time, knowing that at the end of this hour, there's a train to Hastings and I get three days in Hastings. And I'm going to really enjoy myself. But I've just got to get through this fucking hell because yeah. I hate it so much. And uh, yeah. I just, I love that so much. I also love the retelling in this story and he's done it a few times but the uh he talks about it in fame uh ricky gervais's live stand-up the safe source to tomato sauce yeah that's a that's a well-known hypocritical tale it didn't happen ever like that's that's untrue but it's still funny it's still funny to listen to he does he does that thing of like come out of a window is that the thing that ends in come <laughs> yeah, out of a, that's another a time, but, um... <laughs> but i just like the way he says that things kind of Shame enough to James drain pipes, so he won't be needing those. <laughs>
he does those great <laughs> yeah he can tell that story so much better than steve can or anyone else yeah can. <laughs> when he gets to the end of the story and he does actually do that sorry carl you can hear him just he's sorry because yeah. he knows he's gone too far at that point so i, I do think that ricky does actually respect his limits sometimes but... like, I, I can't i think he does know that this is an absolute chore for carl and um Oh, what a nightmare. Just he goes way beyond his limits, though, this show. It's just that I'll also give it to him this time, and I'll accept because it, he's really funny with it, even in his different way. I know not every single line he says, but most of what he's saying, every time he's winding Carl up, is in a funny way, and he's not being yeah. overly mean. I think the genuine meanness and the nastiness, which I wouldn't have liked, happened before this show, before the show started. Yeah, I agree. As he says, like, it's not just for you, it's, between, for, it's not just between one and three, it's for you between 12 and one as well and i'm sure ricky was there before 12 like you know. well it just made me laugh when matt said last week it was just like oh ricky was just like around i'm like why the kind of job where ricky's just around he just yeah just, he said he's just and around also he can just do that he could just go for lunch at 12 o'clock till have a long lunch that's great and even like when carl disses steve said yeah i know you must do that you know start work about four o'clock finish your work about four o'clock um gary do you want I'm a big fan of a comical list, as you know. Do you do, do you want a do you want a comical list of things left in hotels? Um. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, as long as it is comical, as long as it's not <laughs> arbitrary. This, this list won't be arbitrary, will it, Mars? This list is not going to be so arbitrary. Nothing arbitrary. Okay, here we go. Tickets for the Orient Express. That's one. Uh, a degree in okay. engineering. I don't um, think you can just take that though, and then it's yours. I think it's still. No, I think he still has the degree in engineering. A winning Euro Millions lottery ticket. It's quite exciting. A bath full of Jersey potatoes, and these are all things <laughs> that were left over at a travel lodge from. Do you think that one was me? A I gold like World War Two well. bravery medal. Oh, that's that's sad. Yeah. That a statue made of screws. Of what, though? Eight, don't know. Eight baskets boy of... giving a blowjob. <laughs> just, just linking it back to the show. Eight baskets of wooden spoons. You don't need eight, do you? Well, um, I, I don't like wooden spoons because they, they kind of chip and, and they, you get bits of wood in your food. So Thanks. And it reminds me of like the Middle Ages. Get, get wooden metal. spoons. A canoe. Oh, I tell you what, I did go um, kayaking the other day when I went back to Suffolk. Have you ever been kayaking? What, what a segue. Is that, it's going to go, uh, yes, I have been, yes. I just oh, remember screaming, screaming. I was in two-man thing, and I was screaming, Stupot, Stupot, because it's a guy called Stuart. We called him Stupot. He fell in, and then I was, like, left. I was like, terrified of it. I hated it back then. Hated being, having your legs under in this little thing. And if it, if it rolls over, you're kind of, what the fuck? How do you get, like, back up? It must be difficult. Balance. And... I was so scared of that. This was when I was a kid, probably on some adventure thing with school or or a, a, an after school club or something like that. But yeah, I did it. I hated it. I had such freedom. My experience was not like that. I just loved it. I bombed it down there. I'm surprised because I'm not an athletic, sporty kind of guy, but that's a sport that I could wholeheartedly get behind. I like the freedom of, of the water and the, the control you have. It's just like, it's very freeing, I found. Well, I as an it. athletic, sporty guy myself, I would say that I still wouldn't like canoeing but you know I, I do as you know sort of bungee jumping I go I play football once a week I, I played a lot of tennis I go running um, and none of those things are true but yeah I, I love that segue into canoeing yeah 
Uh, have we finished the list, or are we at the end of the? We we could go on. I felt that you were getting a bit bored, so no, I was, I was bored. I was bored at the last week, mate. No, it's it's, it's um, but yeah, that's a bit of the show. Kind of like like Steve tries to make he does make a joke like Paul McCartney's farm, but it doesn't go down as well as. It's still good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You, again, another example of something you couldn't really do today, like you, the Paul McCartney you, joke. Yeah, it would be a bit. I think you. I don't think you'd get away with that. Maybe on uh, radio. Really X, but, but yeah, it's overall. I think this show talks about a lot about the culture of the station and the culture of alternative media and radio, particularly during those days. And every interview done with people like Matt and uh, Andrew Phillips and people who worked at the station back then, kind soon of soon to appear on test- alternative podcast. Soon to Probably, appear as yeah, guests absolutely. on an alternative podcast that is also affiliated with XFM shows in some way. What but are you? May or may what, not be as entertaining as this, but. I I don't know why are you here there's no point listen to them but yeah uh but it, it's it's kind of this show is like the ultimate reflection of that that alternative culture because it's like so real and part of alternative culture in that sense and how it was then and on xfm particularly is it shows were real i you know i've listened to a bit of adam and joe in those days and that it wasn't quite the same but it didn't feel as much like a show it felt like just we happen to have some mics on and we're going to talk and yeah. it's going to be really interesting so so, yeah, that's kind of um, the kind of vibe I'd love to have worked in. But, yeah, this show, for a number of reasons, like probably the most well-known as an overall show amongst the audience. But, yeah, and next, coming up, we've got our favourite quotes. Hello everyone, welcome back to the D-Trout Spinners, uh, this very, very special episode where we are reviewing episode 46 on the 12th of July 2003, Carl's breakdown yeah. <laughs> uh, before he goes to Hastings. Now, I think we should have some of our favourite quotes. Yes, so do I. Oh. It sounds very mysterious when you <laughs> said that. <laughs> so I'm going straight into, Wah! I'm scared of Andrew Phillips, on its own was my my second one. Uh, now it's happened. That was my second one. I know it was, I got our first and second ones in, in each other. Brilliant. My third one. Carl. 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 That's Carl. No, I I find that a, time sixteen. Is that how many times he says that? <laughs> I counted on the other day. Alongside the. This isn't my favourite quote, but that is the most annoying thing where someone. Mm. Yeah, I know. Same, same. I tell you what, it's more, even more annoying than that. I've got young nieces and nephews, and when one of them is a little bit cheeky, uh, well, cheeky than the others, when they repeat everything back to you, and it really pisses me off. But they know, they know I they're know, winding you they up, know. and, and you will, I mean. you will take the bait. I know you. And this you know. Children are much more intelligent than you think they are. Um, yeah, they are more intelligent, and they, they, especially at winding adults up. Uh, brilliant, yeah. Fuck off! Are you serious? Yeah, exactly. That was lit. What is going on? This is a I bit know, creepy. But we we don't cross over as much as you'd think we do on these favourite quotes, but sometimes we do. Okay. My uh, next one is um I wouldn't rush out. Not it's yeah. not good here. And I just love that because he genuinely means it as well. Like he that's definitely his... means it. What a wonderful, refreshing way to look at pregnancy and giving birth to go stay in the womb. I wouldn't rush out. It's now here is there. Now is it it's refreshing not good. or is it is it 
yeah, I mean, it's realistic, I'd say. Deeply cynical, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of um, wannabe parents who probably think the same as that. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Don't know if I could be bothered. (laughs) I love that. Um, Come on, Carl, attitude up. Happy, happy. If we're happy, the listener is happy. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Pretenders and... I said it earlier, like, pretenders and... I just like... Uh, this one, and I'm so glad that I spotted because I don't, I don't know if people miss this. I, I probably did the first two times, but it's when you can, oh, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And that's just as they're going into the song, and you can just hear that, that lovely echo is it going, I hate him. yeah, and yeah, that yeah. Is, that is a pure, that is definitely genuine. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Genuine. So genuine. He's not, not, not put on at all. Um, okay, this is my next one, right? You ready? <laughs> I am not. Okay. Uh, you'd repeat it in French, and of course everyone's going F, C, da da da, just like just for fun. And he heard this, and he listened back to all of them, and he realised, and he goes, and he went mental. He went, uh, uh, I don't believe this. Do you know how much these cost? And was going mad, and was going red, and bursting like Carl was earlier. And he was like, I just, I can't stand this anymore. And he picked up an exercise book, and he said, Look at this exercise book. And uh, uh, I won't say the kid's name. He goes, so and so. He's put, oh look, oh he's put. And uh, uh, I'll change his name, um, Smithers. He went, oh look, he's put Smithers' his shit. Oh, oh. He goes, oh, he's got clever on this side. He's put Smithers' a lump of shit. That's good. Right. And he went berserk. And he went, he went, oh look, he's drawn a picture of a penis with wings and written underneath Dicky Bird. He went, is that a clever? He went, do you want me to put a piece of paper up so you can come and write swear words and draw ladies' genitals all day? And I went like that, laughing. And he went, I'm glad you think this is funny, Mr. Gervais. That's my, that's my last favourite quote. Today. I, I, I have to say that was that was much funnier when you did it. I think. It was it was hard. Do you know how hard that is? And I got it, I, I deliberately I put in all the et and the er uh, and the so, uh, 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 you know all the all the little pauses all the that was, utterances <laughs> that took me ages to write that down verbatim and just to, i'm going to send that to you earlier later so you can see how long it is like, <laughs> yeah. um i've only got two more so three more i'm all quoted um, out now so you do you're, to... you're i'm not surprised i mean <laughs> pop the old nappy on your 70th birthday take your teeth out i also really like the line i'm all like mel smith it's yeah. just sort of smith at the end of it, I just love that. Okay. Um, this one. Arr, let's do some work. What does the boss want me to do? That's Ricky and Steve. Yeah, and, but that's that's what I find funny about that is I I love how Ricky follows up to that. Just in the most completely ironic, like he's been the antagonist like throughout the entire show, and he goes, uh, he laughs, and then he says. Oh, think of that, Carl. Like he, he's he's having a go. You know, I was letting it lie, but he's still he's still going on about it. Like as if Ricky hasn't been the one let not letting it lie for the whole show. <laughs> the whole show. And my last one is um, and we didn't talk about it this week. I mean, we can talk about it now if you want. But it's pause. Looking forward to this monkey news from Steve. It's such a great line, and it's, 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 you, it's just timing. It just happens, it's just and again, it's not planned timing. It's but timing in comedy, as we talked about with um, Nigel Williams, 
So yeah, that's such an important note in comedy. And with that, that well, just can I just can I just say now it's Sorry. happened is about or is about time ah. as much as anything. Now it's happened okay. is a great example of it's just a slight pause, but like just that now, now it's happened. That's another example. There's quite a few examples in this show actually of good timing. Now it's happened. We should call that the name of this show, to be honest. Anyway, that was today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Coming up, we will be doing a special ex-feminine community because we've been elongated with your very kind comments. Someone, someone didn't like me. <laughs> someone wasn't happy with me on my contribution. Everyone loves you, Gary. Don't worry about it. Uh, um, but yeah, we'll be doing a special episode of that so we can devote um, the correct amount of time. We're, we're, we're coming up to the 20th anniversary of the XFM show, and this will be happening in August. And we basically want to hear your suggestions, your um, what you want us to do. You might want us to do nothing. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, quite. Suggestions for shows, anyone that you'd like to hear us interview. Obviously, the the core three, we we know that. Um, yeah, we we're planning a set of basically special events through (laughs) through the month of August, and we really want to sort of take the time to celebrate it with with all of you who have you know supported the podcast. Uh, so do get in touch, spinnerspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, spinnerspodcast. Anything to add, Gary? Because I'm bored of talking to you. No. No? Okay, let's wrap up Simple. with a couple of our uh, songs and that we're going to pop into our oh, Deep yeah, House yeah. library. Okay. So this is a Spotify playlist, and every week we select one song each and then we put it in, and these can be songs that have, have some poignancy or a flippant song or just something off memory. But yeah, and you get, we you get this meaningless, arbitrary segment on other shows? No, you don't. You know, so again, D-Trout Spinners. This is where you get All this right. sort of rubbish. <laughs> What's yours, Gary? My song, I, again, I might have put it in because I always do this, but a um, song I've been listening to a bit is, well, there's two, but one of them I'll put in is Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. It's alright, isn't it? It's not a great song. Problem. You know the no. song? Yeah, of course, of course I, I know. know Everyone who speaks... Some, no, some some of the songs I've put in you haven't known. So my song is going to be... Because they do play um, Billy Bragg on this show. And actually, they they introduced me to Billy Bragg. It's not a new thing to say. Right but, wing, wrong wing. That's yeah, it's not a new thing to say. Because they are they are so silly. And I don't really like... I don't really like novelty songs unless it's Black Lace. but i do like some of billy bragg's songs so i'm going to put waiting for the great leap forwards because sometimes gary you do want to sort of wait for the great leap forwards i'm waiting for the fall backwards (laughs) i wait for the next fall backwards because there's a lot of that um yeah i don't know that song actually but uh good choice mate anyway yeah i'll just say that like generically good choice yeah um but yeah catch us on the next episode which will go out either with this or soon after which will be an ex-firm in the community special let us know your thoughts on the show and Mm -hmm. we will see you Mm -hmm. soon Mm -hmm.